church family. We are the Bronx region of the New York City Church of Christ. Today we're going to be talking about claiming the promise. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 is the scripture we're going to be looking at in just a moment. You know, the Bible is, is filled with, with promises, uh, over 3,000 promises in God's word uh, that uh, God has has made to his people over the many years. And what we want to do is we want to claim those promises. Uh, there are billions of, of dollars that uh, go unspent from gift cards that people get uh, each year. Uh, people don't cash them in and they, they don't take advantage of a gift that's been given to them. We want to make sure we take advantage of the gift that God's given to us. And, and that is to take hold of his promises. So let's pray, and then we'll uh, look, at, look in the book of Jeremiah in just a minute. Uh, God, Father in heaven, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for Jesus, the greatest gift of all. Thank you for every promise that you've made to us and how you are faithful in all things. And God, I pray that we would understand that it's your desire for us to have life and to have it to the full. And yet there are commands that you call us to obey and lives that you call us to live according to your word in order for us to experience the abundant life and see the promises that you've given us become a reality. Bless our time together today. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we all know Jeremiah 29, 11. It's one of the, the favorite scriptures that uh, we use in the Bible where uh, the Lord says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. How many times have we used that scripture to encourage one another and to build one another up? But I want to make sure that we have the right understanding of, of this scripture because sometimes we can look at uh, a passage in the Bible or a verse in the Bible and we can uh, take it out of context or maybe we think the promise is, is for us when it may not be for us uh, and then again it may be the promise that God wants us to claim uh, but we don't understand the conditions that are needed in order to claim that promise so let's talk about what's going on in Jeremiah 29 What's going on in Jeremiah chapter 29? The Israelites are in exile, Babylonian captivity, as God has, has brought uh, his punishment, his judgment upon them. The prophet Hananiah comes before God's people and says, in two years, you're going to be set free. You're going to be released from exile and you're going to go, get to go back home uh, to Jerusalem. But the problem is, Hananiah is not telling the truth. And so Jeremiah comes forward and confronts him and says, what you're saying is untrue. You are a false prophet. And because of, of this false prophecy, you're going to have to face the judgment of God. And then Jeremiah comes along. And then this is what Jeremiah says. He says, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. 
This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So that's the context. But there's some things that God wants his people to understand. Yes, should we claim the promise? Absolutely. God does want to prosper us. God does want to give us a hope in the future. But the Israelites thought that was going to happen in two years. God says, no, it's going to be 70 years from now. And it's going to take a lot more endurance and perseverance on your part for this dream, this promise to come true. And you most likely won't even see it. Because you're not going to be released from captivity until 70 years from now. And so we look at this and we go, great promise. As well as God tells them, there are some conditions that you must uh, submit to in order for this promise to become a reality. So we have the promise and we have the premise. And the promise we love. The premise is the challenge. So we're saying, what do you mean by premise? Well, here's the promise. The promise, plans to prosper you. Plans to not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that sounds awesome, and it is awesome, and I think that is the heart of God. God does want to bless us. Look at some other scriptures here. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 6. The Bible says that we're to pray for rules and authorities and all those in, 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 in leadership throughout the country. And because it's God's will that all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants all men to be saved. That's the heart of God. And so God sent Jesus, the promised Messiah, for all people to be saved. God wants to bless us. God has blessed us. John 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it to the full, or have it more abundantly. That's a promise that we need to claim. That's a promise that God wants to bless us with. You know, even as we think about, a lot of times we think about Christianity, we think about what we have to give up. But here in, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus says, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or, or feels for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. And in the age to come, eternal life. And then he kind of throws in there and with them persecutions. But he wants us to understand, I want to bless you. I want your life to be full. I want you to experience the life I created you to have. Now, it's not going to be a life free from struggle or free from challenge, but it is the best life. It is the most abundant life. I have a special mission plan for you, for your life, for the time that you're going to be on this earth. 
Hananiah made promises the Lord did not make. And he deceived the people. He lied to the people. And when you first read Jeremiah 29, you just go, all this sounds so good. But Jeremiah is trying to say, look, you got to put this in context. Because this guy's making it sound like it's going to be a lot easier than it really is. Oh yeah, God has plans for you. And he wants to prosper you. But you better understand what it's going to take for those promises to become a reality in your life. See, we must be careful to not make promises the Lord and the scriptures do not make. And I know we want everybody to be saved. We want everybody to become a Christian. I know I do. But sometimes we'll, we'll say things or, or try to make uh, the Christian walk seem like it's going to be something that it's really not going to be. It just doesn't work that way. It's not like going to Disney World and everything is great and you know, let's go on the next ride and, and all your dreams are going to come true. I got news for you. If you become a Christian broke, after you get baptized, you're still going to be broke. Now you can change your life and do better and God will bless you but you're not going to come up out of the waters of baptism with money in the bank account that you didn't have before you got in there. If you went down single, how are you going to come up? Single. If you went down with a troubled, struggling marriage, you go down, you're going to come up what? The same, same, same husband, same wife. Don't be there. You're not going to get a new one. Now you'll have some, some, some things in your heart and guidance where you can improve it. But it's, it's not a fairy tale. It's the greatest life, but oftentimes it can be the most challenging life. You know, sometimes we hear things like this. Well, just say a prayer and you'll be saved. Not true. Sounds good. And many people do it. And a lot of people have done it multiple times. Because they're like, well, I did it, but I didn't really feel anything. See, they live out, leave out repentance. Leave out commitment. Yeah, you need to pray. But a prayer alone is not going to make it. You know, sometimes we, we tell people, well, just get baptized and your problems will be solved. No, no, they won't. Your sins will be forgiven. Yes. But you've got a, a life ahead where you've got to continue to be committed to God and, and committed to discipleship. That's just the beginning. You're an infant. You're a baby. Now you've got to mature and go on and become an adult. And sometimes becoming mature spiritually is hard. It's hard. And so we count the cost. Let's not sugarcoat the gospel. I don't want to make it harder than it is. But I also don't want to deceive somebody and just say, oh, just come on and get baptized, man. Because if you get baptized, then we say, well, you said you're going to get the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit's going to deal with all your temptation and, and your sin. No, it won't. You better keep in step with the Spirit. You better walk by the Spirit. And then as you live the Christian life, you'll see the fruit of the Spirit become a reality in your life. But if you're going in darkness, the Spirit can't help you. No matter what you think or say, you have to obey. See, the premise, the premise to God's promises, and we're going to talk about this just in, in more in just a minute, is obedience. See, Jeremiah said earlier in his gospel, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain, profit 
Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people lightly. As though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. And this is why I think so many people are confused about Christianity. Because they go to church on Sunday and they get a lollipop gospel. Easy admission. It will cost you nothing. And now you can go on. Am I done? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm back. Okay. And now you, you you can you can live you can live this life and and it won't really be that difficult. That's a lie. That's peace, peace, when there is no peace. Now you just become a Christian, and all of a sudden, every ill, every struggle, every challenge, your marriage, your kids, no, 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 no. It's a journey. We just saw this video where this sister prayed for her mother for 31 years for her to become a disciple. And so we can't listen to the Hananias of the world, the false prophets, who will tell you right now, hey, just, just put your hand on your Bible. Everybody who wants to be saved, just say this prayer with me. And they don't have any idea what's going on in people's lives. Let me tell you, it takes radical change to become a Christian. You gotta, you gotta sit down and think about those bad habits that you've been practicing all your life and make a, a, a solid decision to change that. And if you're not willing to change it, then you should not get baptized. You're not a candidate for baptism unless there's first repentance. Am I right, church? And we do this because we love people. I want people to love me enough to tell me the truth and not just push me on in the kingdom when I'm not ready to be become a disciple of Jesus. We want you to make it, but you can't make it if we're watering down the truth. See, a premise Premise is an idea or theory on which a statement or action is based. God says, I want to give you hope in the future. I want to give you an abundant life. And don't you wish it just stopped there? Man, I should have just brought a bag of candy and just thrown it out there at everybody. This is Christianity. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> You become a disciple. You go from unsweetened tea to sweetened tea. Sweet little Jesus. What you've got to understand is that the basic premise of all God's promises is obedience. You can't have the promise if you're not willing to obey. And sometimes we wonder, why hasn't God blessed me? Why, haven't, why am I not seen a hundred times as much? Where's my heart? Jesus, he's saying, where's the obedience? Where's the surrender? Where's the perseverance? See, Hannah, you'll have it in two years. God is saying, no, that's not true. It may take longer than that. It may take a lifetime. And some of us, we become embittered, and some even give up because God didn't come through on their timetable. Well, you can't become a Christian expecting God to bless you on your timetable. You got to wait for him to do it on his timetable. And if he never gives you what you hope for anyway, the mere fact that you're saved and you're going to heaven should be enough. 
Jesus rescued me and redeemed my life, if he never blessed me with anything else, that should be enough. I don't hold God accountable for giving me stuff. He's already blessed me. He's blessed me more than I deserve. And I'm a disciple not to see what I can get. I'm a disciple because of what God's already given me. He gave me Jesus. I've been set free. And so let me read it to you again. For I know the plans I have for you. Don't you love it? Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. To not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. It's true. But look at these other statements. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Just to let you know, I got the reference right. This is Hananiah, two years. This is what the Lord Almighty of God says, I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will bring you back to this place, to this place, all the articles of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, removed from here and took to Babylon. So that's what he said. That's not true. The Lord said, this is what the, the Lord says, when 70 years are completed, I will come to you and bring back come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. So what's the point? It takes perseverance to be a Christian. It takes perseverance. A lot of people quit. Say, well, Sam, I haven't quit. I'm still coming to church. You can still be coming to church and haven't quit. Just coming to church doesn't mean that, that you're seeking the Lord with all your heart. And maybe it's like, well, I'm still attending. You know, I still give an occasional contribution. It's not enough. Look, so many people come and sit, but they're not giving their hearts to Lord. And you wonder why you're miserable as a Christian. You've got just enough Christianity to make you miserable. If you're going to do this thing, do it right. Do it all the way or don't do it at all. Well, Sam, I ran into some hard times and, and it's been a little bit more difficult than I, than I anticipated. That's why we talk about what, church? Persevere. What does it take to be a Christian? Persevere. What does it take to build a strong Christian marriage? What does it take to be faithful as a single year after year after year? What does it take to raise crazy kids in this world and try to get them to have What does it take? What does it take to put up with church leaders year after year? Struggle is a lie. 
It's just a lie. It's not true. And you got to understand that. But boy, is it worth it when you hang in there and you stand the test of time. It's more than worth it. See, Jeremiah proclaimed the truth. He says, you will seek me and find me when you do what, church? When you do what? Let me ask you a question. Are you seeking God with all your heart? Are you seeking him with all your heart? Is that evident? Can that be said about your life? You, you can tell. Somebody seeking the Lord with all their heart. Don't try to baptize somebody who's not seeking God with all their heart. Don't do it. Says, well, we, we run after him and, and, and we're trying to get him to read the Bible every day and and we're trying to get them just to really share with somebody that, that they know about Jesus, but we can't get them to do it. But I think if they just get the Holy Ghost and, and if we can just find the right moment in their lives when everything comes together just right and just just push them on over in the, in the tub. That's not a conversion. That's not a conversion. When a person wants to be converted, when a person really wants to know God, they seek Him with all their heart. They call you. You don't always have to call them. They show up for appointments on time. You understand what I'm saying? They read their Bibles every day because they're seeking the Lord. They're not just seeking a band-aid on a problem, but they want to know God. They want to love God. They want to obey God. And you will find Him, and He will bless you when you seek Him. How? church with all your heart. Say it again. With all your heart. That's what it takes. That's the premise. And there are people sitting in this room today. You're faking it. You're going through the motions and God no longer has your heart. You can turn that around today. Give your heart back to Him and He'll bless you beyond your dream. But don't expect a blessing if you're not going to give God your heart. That's what we've got to tell people. That's the truth. The promise of hope and a future is based upon the premise of seeking God with all your heart. I will not beg somebody to love Jesus. We're not in the begging business. I, I might plead a little bit, but I ain't begging because if you beg somebody to come into the kingdom, you know what you're going to have to do? Beg them to stay. Beg them to stay. And when you're in love with the Lord, you're not going anywhere. You're not. Oh, we have our ups and downs. But we open our Bible, we have some good disciple challenges, and we get our stuff back in line. We go, what am I doing? Am I crazy? Jesus, if the best things ever happened to me, I'm going to fall back in love with Jesus. Some of us, we just live by like, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing this. Just like a man came up to a preacher one time and says, I just don't, I'm just not feeling in love with my wife anymore. I fell out of love. You know what he told him? You better fall right back in. <laughs> Too many of us, we go by our feelings. I don't feel like doing this. And I'm not up to doing this. That's not seeking God with all your heart. 
Because when you see God with all your heart, you understand Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must do what, church? Deny him. You can't get to heaven unless you do what? Deny yourself. You've got to say no to yourself. I know it was cold the other morning, but you still get up and go to church. I know that, that maybe you weren't feeling, didn't feel like opening your Bible, didn't feel like praying, but you deny yourself. That's seeking the Lord with all your heart. That's all he wants. Give me your heart. Let me tell you a story before we come to a close. King Amaziah. King Amaziah was blessed by God. And we see here in 2 Chronicles 25, verse 1, it says, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king and reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Jehoiada. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. What's those last three words? Say it again. Mmm, problem here. See, in our day, Amaziah would be at church. He would. He'd be in a family group or a mission group. He would. He'd probably even be on the church roll. But something's missing. Something's missing. He's not given his whole heart. And so, you know what happens in his life? When Amaziah returned from slaughtering the, the Edomites, which God gave him the victory over, he brought back the gods of the people of Seir. He set them up as his own gods, bowed down to them, and burned sacrifices to them. The hand of the Lord burned against Amaziah, and he sent a prophet to him who said, Why do you consult this people's gods? which could not save their own people from your hand. Say, what are you doing, man? What is wrong with you? Why are you going back out there worshiping something, seeking something that can't even fulfill you, that did not save you, did not rescue you? Have you lost your mind? Don't you want to ask people that sometimes? What's wrong with you? You didn't come to church? Why? Well, you know, me and my husband, we decided we were going to stay home and have some quiet time with Jesus. What? And we were having a little struggle, so we wanted to stay home and take care of it. Excuse me? How? He says, well, you know, man, I, 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 just, I just thought that would work. Or you want to ask a sister, why are you going after that guy? He's not a Christian. Well, you know, I'm just lonely. Can't find nobody. The Lord said he's going to prosper me. But didn't you do that before you became a Christian? Yeah, but I know a little bit more now. Maybe it'll work out. Have you lost your mind? The devil is still the devil. Some woman who doesn't love Jesus. How that supposed to work? How that supposed to work? That work. Sometimes the stuff we do. Why are you why are you pursuing this? You know what the problem is? It's a heart problem. You want to ask some Christians, why aren't you happy? Why are you so grumpy and bitter and poor in spirit? 
he can find. Look, you got to make sure you just don't seek God, but you seek him how? Wholeheartedly. Say it again. Wholeheartedly. Tell somebody on your left, tell them wholeheartedly. Tell somebody on your right, wholeheart. Give them the whole heart to God. You know, let me remind you as we come to a close. Let me remind you of the first commandment. This is where God started. And Moses came down from Mount Sinai. What did God say? And the Lord spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. What does he say, church? Tell him again. You shall have no other gods before me. What place does God want to have in your heart? First place. First place. You want hope in the future? Where, what place does God have to be in? You want to be prosperous by God? He has to be. See, see we, we keep thinking, the devil keeps telling us, you can have the prosperity. You can have it all. And put God lower on the list. No. God's got to be first. In this Christian walk, you're going to get tripped up sometimes. Even Christians. 
can make you strong, okay? I mean, supposedly God's people can get on your nerves and make you wonder, am I even in the right church? Who are these people? But I've told you this, and let me tell you, tell you again. You can't be here for people. You got to be here for God. You got to seek God first. People are going to come and go. One day, Cynthia and I are going to leave y'all and go, go. We might go down to Florida ourselves. All right? But if we go to Florida, which I'm not saying we're going to do, you make sure that you stay committed to God wherever you are. And don't let some stupid, ignorant disciple who probably didn't even know they hurt your feelings discourage you and make you turn away from God. I am here for who? I'm here for God. I'm going to stay here for God. I'm going to seek God wholeheartedly. And the more you trust me, the harder I'm going to seek Him. The more you get on my nerves, the more I'm going to get on my knees and pray and call on Almighty God because God brought me here and God is the only one who can take me where I want to go. Yes, I love the promise. And I got to hold to the premise. I'm going to seek you, Lord, with all my heart. That's got to be our commitment. You shall have no other gods before me. What gods are keeping you from seeking first the Lord God? Is it the God of comfort? Is it the God of money? Is it the God of pleasure? The God of selfishness? The God of pride? Or you can't even admit that you're wrong. You can't even see your need for people in your life. You can't say I'm wrong. You can't say I'm sorry. You can't say it's my fault. I'm never going to blame anybody else for my, for my spiritual state. I'm not going to blame it on anybody else. This is my relationship with God. When I stand before God on the day of judgment, He's not going to ask me about anybody else but me. So we got to stay humble. And we got to make sure that we don't put the things of this world before our relationship with God. And that's what Amaziah did. He started off good. But then his heart was taken away from God. He left a little door, a little crack in the door, and Satan came through. What a great promise. I want to encourage you today. Claim the promise. It's yours. Hope and a future. It's yours. But you got to hold to the premise. Persevere. Seek the Lord your God with all your heart. That's what we must do. And that's what we must call other people to do. Claim the promise. You know, the ABCs of prayer. Ask. Believe. Claim. Ask. Believe. Claim. God promises hope and a future. Claim it. Give him all your heart. God bless you.